Spark Lab. Come sit with us and share ideas. Today, if you are listening to me, you are listening to the voice of Tunde Badmos, and I have a very, very wonderful guest today. You know, we don't uh, trade guests, we make sure we bring the best of the best in the industry. And today with me, I have Max Slade. Max Slade is an outstanding businessman and leader with several years of experience in media and digital marketing. He was former head of Ringer RDM, Ringer Digital Marketing Africa, a parent company to popular online platform Pulse NG. Right now, he is the co-founder of Jara Beach Resorts, Nigeria's premier all-inclusive beach resort. Mark, you are welcome to the show. Thank you, Tunde, and thank you for such a enthusiastic introduction. <laughs> Appreciated. You're welcome, my brother. You're welcome, my brother. Thank you so much for accepting to come on this show. It's a delight for us because you are one of the frontiers in digital marketing. Before some of us even thought of coming into this space, you have been there. You have done that. You know, so. It is a privilege for us having you on Spark Lab. Trust me, we don't take this for granted. Like, Eo Max Lade, thank you so much for coming on the show, bro. So, that said, can you tell us about your experience so far in different markets, uh, doing digital marketing? We would love to know, Mark. Certainly, yeah. So, um, I guess uh, in my former role, as you rightly said, um, I uh, founded RDM, Ringier Digital Marketing, uh, for the Swiss company Ringier, yes. uh, sister company to Post Nigeria, um, head office in Lagos, um, with offices uh, across Africa, including Senegal, Kenya, and Ghana. So, those are the various markets we operated in within as well. Um, it's been about a year since I left, left the company and left the organization, but certainly from a, a time from 2019, um, a fantastic experience, uh, yeah. both locally, domestically, within Nigeria and, and outside. Um, naturally, for me, Nigeria was always the most exciting market, the mm. biggest audience, mm. uh, the most possibility, uh, the bigger numbers, uh, those mm. sort of things. Um, and we built a fantastic team. We had a, a, a great team of, uh, at our prime, we were probably around 35 individuals within the Nigeria office, um, nice. which grew quickly. Um, and uh, I think collectively at one point across RDM, we were maybe 120 across the the four markets as well. Wow. Um, throughout the time, we evolved very well. So we actually, um, at one point, became the nucleus of the, the company was within Lagos, supporting other sister companies or sister markets within Africa. So awesome. a lot of the content, graphic design, that type of thing was led centrally. Some of our performance marketing was done centrally again, so supporting the other markets, mm. um, with a lot of our account management and sales being done. I have a, a guest with me today who wanted hey. to come and say hello. Hello. <laughs> You're also welcome to the show, Maya. This is Maya. Hi, Maya. Make sure she doesn't come to Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, now she knows what I'm up to. Hopefully, she All can right. uh, give me five minutes. Maybe. Right. But uh, so yeah. Um, and then obviously, from uh, I think what what was really nice about the former experience was the ability to have the local autonomy um, within Africa as a whole, yeah. um, but with that support from Switzerland. Um, so we, it gave us the ability to not necessarily focus immediately on um, things like revenue numbers, which mm -hmm. obviously as a startup or as an individual private owner, you would have to do. That's Certainly nice. we got to that point after a few years, mm -hmm. but it was very much a case of let's make sure we, we build some platforms and build yeah. a space for ourselves that makes sense, which ultimately could become profitable. And as we did that, we then won some really good business and some big contracts and mm. 
supported some very big names within the market. So um, it was a, a great win. Um, I recall some very fond projects uh, working with the likes of Nigerian breweries, yeah. um, where we helped to manage their entire portfolio yeah. um, and help them with their uh, their, their digital um, uh, activities within within Nigeria specifically. So yeah, a, a, a broad and, and great time. Fantastic, Mark. Like you have a, you have a lot of experience, loads of experience in this field. I want you to tell us what was or what has been the most challenging aspect in this sector for you. Um, I think it's about how do you differentiate, and I think from our side, particularly with digital, it comes down to the ability of the individuals and of the team as a collective. Because um, ultimately. Uh, digital marketing, even more so now perhaps than it was even a couple of years ago, um, can be a little bit of a of anyone's game. You're competing a little bit, uh, particularly in this market, against um, individuals that may not have even an established company, but might be uh, an independent contractor or consultant with some good contacts yeah. um, versus some bigger, uh, uh, more established companies like our own at the time. And I think the fact that we had that um, uh, publishing media arm of our yeah. company, that yeah. certainly helped. Um, in terms of our initial uh, awareness and the credibility of our offering. But to be honest, looking back, it was um, there were a lot of challenges um, and ultimately a lot of it came down to uh, relationships, um, the account management side of things, executing on what we were delivering um, in the in the pre-sale and, and sales environment and making sure that we did absolutely everything we, we set out to do. Um, and naturally, the space became more and more competitive as as time went yeah. on. Um, so in terms of challenges, it's how do we make sure that we stay ahead of the curve? Um, how do we leverage on our existing uh, platforms? Yeah. There was a lot of growth within the organization at the time as well. Um, the likes of Deal Day coming in and out of our business mm. um, and the advancement of, uh, of the content platforms as well, product, uh, the property platforms and other classifiers as well. So there was a lot of movement. So from my side, it was a, a case of general management of the operations. Even from a, an operational perspective, challenges can come uh, in this market and even just making sure you can run as a business. But if you can get the foundations in place, utilities, internet working well, etc., trying to um, mitigate traffic, then naturally the focus is on how do we serve the clients in the best possible way. And um, at the time, it was ultimately a case of making sure that we were creative, we were enthusiastic, yeah. uh, we didn't give up. We used to sort of refer to the term doggedness a lot. It was around making sure we we really pursued every possible lead and maximized yeah. every possible account um, as much as as much as we could. Uh, because again, as things evolved, there was more and more entrance into the market, mm -hmm. and yeah. being big didn't necessarily mean you were the best. It was a case of mm. making sure you could serve the clients in the right way. True, true, true. At, at, at a point, you know, Ringa became an household. Before we, we even knew, um, you guys already also on pause. You know, it was thrilling. Like, okay, how were you guys able to manage all platforms effectively and efficiently? It still thrills me till now. Like, what was that secret sauce, you know? Yeah, so I think ultimately collaboration across markets, across uh, product uh, verticals, uh, in conjunction and tandem with our obviously Swiss owners. Mm. Um, to be honest, from my own side, being a year on, I'm sure things have developed even more so. Yeah. Um, and it's not fully my place probably to comment now on, on current operations, but uh, certainly it's a case of making sure you're working together. Um, and again, as I said, having that Swiss parent, whether it was a uh, 
Swiss or not having um, sort of a chairman or a board with with deeper pockets and the ability to have very much a strategic vision. That's what I think they did very well because they had a, a view that even if it wasn't immediate and even if there were an abundance of challenges, um, Africa was definitely the, the frontier that they wanted to enter into and, and do it long term. And I think specifically on the content side, but also on the, the property side of the classifieds as well, they seem to be doing exceptionally well. Fantastic. Wow. So. I want us to take a step backwards a little bit. For you, how did you get into this space? You know, I would like um, a, yeah. a sort of background for our listeners. So my my sort of career was quite um, it's been quite varied to date, a bit of a portfolio sort of type thing. Um, the longest job I did have was with with working with the the Swiss company Ringier. I think I was with them for just under five years. Prior to that, I'd probably have maybe two years at a time where. Um, I obviously had my first trip to Nigeria about 12 years ago <clears throat> and then uh, I was working for a magazine so very much on the media side okay. having graduated in business and computer science um, at Loughborough University um, I did my year out industrial placement with Microsoft um, in their online services division at the time so that was when MSN was a major thing um, many years ago uh, and so that gave me a bit of a taster into the media and the online digital side of things working with big accounts for me that year was incredible because I was empowered to be the account manager for the likes of um, uh, Match.com, wow. eBay, wow. Walmart cards and that gave me even as a 20-something intern I hadn't even graduated at that wow. point um, working with professionals running those accounts in London uh, for the period of that year and that was I think invaluable really um, in terms of what I needed True. to be doing True. Um, and then as yeah, time evolved I was into web design uh, project really? management <laughs> IT and all of that sort of background was a um, a combination of everything. So that worked well until I came back to Nigeria. And I've always been sort of interested in branding, in setting up sort of businesses, um, growing from the sort of ground up. Um, and that's, that's what I've got to know. Great, great, great. Thanks for taking us through that fantastic background. So now you have a newfound love in tourism. And because this industry is also one of... Uh, the, the market that is really open, open Africa to the world and with your experience as a digital marketer like how you know how as can you tell us how this tourism industry is is locally yeah so um I think uh even back in 2014 when we opened the, the cocktail bar in VI um in terms of that hospitality side of things yeah um Nigeria Lagos is a, obviously a mega city has a thriving nightlife um, and uh, is the capital of enjoyment from my, my perspective. Um, that led on to us having a, a small beach house in Aleko, which is very close nice. to where Jarrah is now. And that was a sort of initial seeds to okay. us saying, you know what, we can produce something quite special in this area. Um, and for us, digital was a huge backbone to it. So for us, um, having even done web design and that sort of thing in the past, yeah. we wanted to make sure we our, our online platform, jarrahbeachresort.com, is as um as informative and as useful and as pretty as it possibly can be and it really is the backbone of all of our bookings um and works really well there's always a reference point and there's probably no question um that gets asked that we can't sort of answer via a website link which obviously helps us to manage our our admin but manage the inbound inquiries um and then instagram specifically um more so than facebook perhaps has been a a phenomenal platform for us where Mm. we get inbound inquiries on a daily Mm. um Prior to the lockdown, we'd only been operational for about four or five months. Yeah. We were on about six six and a half thousand followers. 
Um, since then, we during the lockdown period, we made a, a conscious effort to keep people informed about what our offering was and to know that when things lifted again, there's a, yeah, nice. a little slice of paradise just down the road. And we, we're just approaching, I think, 19,000 followers now on wow. Instagram so to grow as organically as we have. It's, it's been a, a brilliant one for us. Wow, fantastic. So which amongst the platform, online platforms you use for Jarabit results do you think gets you the most reach? or compassion um, yeah so um i guess the conversion comes through the website but the reach and awareness and the initial inbound inquiries come yeah. from uh, instagram mm -hmm. so and it's very much a family business my wife handles the awesome. dms awesome. um she does all the posting uh and then i'm we up until very recently i was handling all, all bookings for all clients um and then we at the time that was right which is about six to eight weeks ago we employed a a new guest services manager to take on that responsibility awesome. uh, while well, I look to sort of oversee the full business and, and looking at how we're scaling um, and that for me has been a great one it happened at the right time because it became quite kind of overwhelming alongside everything else but as soon as I could confidently hand that over um, that has been handled very very well and the, the manager in charge does, does a very good job so uh, yeah it's a small team but so far working quite well we're doing big, great things small team doing big things big things we're trying yeah nice so you know the tourism sector has also you know there's there's been some shift here and there especially with technology i'm talking now about the airbnb structure do you think the airbnb model has come to stay and why great question um i think obviously they've been hitting some very challenging times recently mm. hearing about them a lot less hearing a few sort of not so positive headlines in terms of whether they're, they're sustainable and the whole, uh, again, the, the new life of post-COVID. Um, there's going to be a lot, lot of work to do in terms of people's confidence to go into other people's homes and the cleanliness and um, that type of thing. Um, the online platforms, I think there's always a potential. The numbers and on paper, it always dictates that um, online platforms are the way forward. But uh, even there's other bigger names as well. The likes of Booking.com, for example, I know yeah. have they came in very big and, mm -hmm. and opened huge in Nigeria and I think have subsequently closed again. Mm. Um, and as a vendor, that type of thing is a bit challenging because if they're on ground, there's a bit more of an added confidence that um, we would, as a, as a service offering, be supported probably better. Um, so as it happens, we um, have a very good presence on Google specifically, mm. but we actually are not connected with any other third-party platforms. And that was a conscious decision from our okay. side because okay. we just weren't experiencing the value mm. in a sense. Of, if you're looking at 20, 30 percent um, commissions of our booking, mm. uh, it was too much money for, us, much. To, for us to make sense when we couldn't mm. provide that Jarrah experience. And the whole idea of Jarrah okay. experience is from the initial inquiry, you know who you're talking to, you're getting a very personalized mm. service. We remain a boutique beach resort, and more importantly, 99% of our visitors are always gonna come from Nigeria, yeah. and primarily from within Lagos as well. So there is a question of why use an international platform okay. for that. Mm. Um, and even other things as well, if we're, we're a small business, and we also need to know that the customers who are booking in uh, are booking in and are confirmed to come and stay with us. Um, mm -hmm. For us to sort of, to some extent mess around with different payment processes or policies around um, bookings being held and then paid on the day but then if somebody decides not to come and then one of our six rooms is then available it's too much of a hit i mean we're talking sort of 15 18 percent of our capacity gone like that because yeah. um the consumer or the guest decides not to turn up so from our side um i don't think it to answer the question it applies to all businesses of course and bigger hotels and bigger chains i'm sure will make great use of those online platforms but for us for now it's it's made sense to keep it um effectively in-house and through our own website
Fantastic strategy. Nice one, nice one, Thank nice you. one. So, I know this question has been overacted about the government doing uh, something in the tourism. What are they doing? You know, for example, Lagos State by now, I thought they should have started a campaign about visit Lagos, you know, and, and the rest. But if you were to be in their shoes, you know, let's reverse a little bit. What would you advise the government to do for the tourism sector that would eventually help boost the sector and also uh, businesses in that sector like yours? Yeah, I, I always have to take a minute and uh, <laughs> think extra hard about how I answer some sort of questions related to to the government. But what I would say is I think the, the tourism uh, organization is is a good one. There's some fantastic people there. We're very close with them. Um, I think they have a tough remit. I think there's obviously a huge city here. Yeah. Um, and at the end of the day, I think tourism as a whole is can be summarized in one word which is experience and mm. an experience for a guest and a client that comes to a new venue from start to finish has to be incredibly impressive and that that starts with both the foundations of a fantastic venue a place to come and enjoy somewhere that mm. feels different to being at home but then it translates into what happens on ground when you're getting served um who's providing you food and drinks the quality of everything uh, yeah. And that's what it, re- it just requires a huge amount of energy and a huge mm. amount of input. And for that to be sort of overseen and supported by government, I would see lots of options there, whether it's a case, as you say, a, a Visit Lagos type approach or yeah. supporting with a really good paid campaign. Yeah. There's an abundance of um, uh, billboards within the city that are empty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would love to see, not necessarily for our own benefit, but just we, from our side, we have probably one of the top most beautiful destinations within the city why not show that this does exist in lagos and this can be enjoyed within nigeria um and that's the sort of thing i think if there was they have a they have a lot to do particularly on the whole covid safety side of things but even if you remove that if there was a remit to say okay how can we promote how can we push how can we make the best Mm. of it um from our side that's possibly what's lacking a little bit from from an organization and and a hospitality venue establishment there are different groups, there are different organizations, there's different platforms, but they all seem to be privately led um, as opposed to sort of government side. So uh, it would be excellent to sort of see that and to see that support. Of course, operationally, it would be great to see things like loans, um, the ability to sort of access finance and that yeah. sort of thing. There, there does seem to be communication that those things exist, but when it comes down to the, mm. the substance and how, how do we sort of... Mm. How do we do it? There doesn't seem to then be step two, which is obviously a bit of a difficulty. So from our side, um, and even to a point of sort of supporting of businesses as well, we would love to see um, guidelines. Uh, there's there's no real there's a central platform to say if you're a hospitality business, this is what you need and this is what what you would have to have to operate. So from our side, we, we we're pretty sure that we've done everything we need to do, but. It, it doesn't necessarily come in a form of support. It's more a case of you might be given a, a letter of demand and then all of a sudden you sort of snap to attention to figure out are we jumping through the hoops or not. And from our side, it needs to be more of a, I think, a proactive, wholesome approach to say you're, you've invested in Lagos. You, you, you're trying to produce something that doesn't exist necessarily and we're here to help you do that as opposed yeah. to um, prevent you perhaps. I so, know. yeah, we'd love to see more support, of course. Awesome. I like the breakdown you just did. And in addition to what you said, uh, there is this old talk about um, uh, smart cities trying to uh, smart it, smart cities boosting tourism in itself. You know, for some of I, I I think I have a sense of what a smart city should look like. But how 
does it eventually boost tourism? I know some of us, you know, would like to know how was the correlation. What how does it uh, connect? Maybe you want to shed a little bit uh, more light on that for us. Yeah, so I think there's obviously when you're looking at the focus on technology and how that can yeah. help, um, whether it's about sort of the coverage of Wi-Fi, telecoms networks, yeah. internet infrastructure. Unfortunately, that's something else that we've had to complete um, comprehensively ourselves on ground. So mm. our internet provider, for example, that's that's required significant investment to make sure that we've got fantastic Wi-Fi on site. And again, that's something that we've led individually. Um, mm. In terms of the city as a wider and as a whole, um, there, there's obviously potential for it. We have big companies, Silicon Valley, very much know about Lagos. There's a lot of technology happening here. Facebook have obviously produced and Google um, things like their their Wi-Fi hotspots and in, implementing and, and pushing internet as a use here. From my own personal side, if the internet works, my life works quite straightforwardly. When it when it doesn't, it's <laughs> it's quite the opposite. Um, in terms of other sort of. Uh, wider um smart city related stuff i'm not i'm not too familiar with a lot of it to be honest i mean i unfortunately there's a, a few things i think having done a hospitality business at the beach in lagos for the last eight nine months my head has probably been buried in the sand <laughs> for a lot of these things but <laughs> First, no that, that that's a good breakdown as as well i think internet is a major development for a smart city and with, without that as well, it's going to affect how people even access information and even at the end of the day, want to even have fun because if you can't even find where to go to, you know, it's uh, a bit challenging. With Google Maps and the likes, if you can't access them on a normal day, you know, it's in that's how you move around within a city. Cool stuff, cool yeah. stuff. I don't want to bore you too much with questions. Now we're going to move to another segment. Um, now we have changed it to would you rather before it used to be this or that so it's just for you to okay. pick one question one answer from my question it's just for us to know you more better and have fun along the way as well so are you ready very ready yeah okay if you were reborn in a new, new life would you rather be alive in the past or in the future future okay would you rather look 10 years older from the neck up or the neck down. You said older, maybe, maybe up. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Would you rather be extremely underweight or extremely overweight? Ooh. Uh, overweight possibly aligns with a bit more enjoyment. So maybe say that. <laughs> <laughs> Would you rather win fifty thousand dollars or let your best friend win five hundred thousand dollars? Best friend. Are you sure he's going to give you part of the money? Ten <laughs> percent <laughs> works. Okay. Would you rather live low low life with your loved one or rich life all alone? No, uh, first definitely the uh, definitely with the loved ones. Nice. Would you rather live in an amusement park or a zoo? <sighs> um. It's a good one. Probably. Mm, can I say safari park? I'm not <laughs> no. sure I'm <laughs> All right. Would you rather read minds or accurately predict the future? Uh, accurately predict the future. Nice. <laughs> awesome. That's that brings us to the end of the show. Spark Lab. Come sit with us and share ideas.